aka the Dio homie, and this is the Lock and Key Podcast, episode six, 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 six. I got a popper stopper now, so I can, I can, I can say the P words and S words and all those strong letters and shit, and it should sound crisp. So I'm looking forward to this. Let's see how this goes. Um, I got a lot to talk about today. You might consider today the um, sociology class. The sociology episode. This is the sociology episode. Just a couple of things I noticed, you know, in the last couple of weeks or so. I've been really busy. I really would have loved to just record this a long time ago, but um, this is going to be episode six. And then my next one, I may just have a special guest on and we'll start going from there and occasionally probably have a guest on here and there. And, you know, just so I don't bore you guys too much. Just some things I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to talk about Dunkirk. I'm going to talk about the movie Ozark. Excuse me. I'm going to talk about the Netflix show Ozark. Um, Utilization of sound in movies, which is something that's really important. And Game of Thrones. All right. I noticed something. I feel like some people talk ill about the city that they live in. And not necessarily the city. Maybe the, uh, the capital city in the state that they live in. Me here. I live outside of Boston. Uh, I've been spending the last couple of years appreciating Boston a little more, you know, um, I've been venturing out into the city, you know, meeting up with different people. Um, all right, back to what I was saying before my phone rang and then rang on my phone and then rang on my fucking MacBook and then rang in my fucking God damn it, man. Somebody calls you and you got your MacBook open and you got it synced. Everything's going to start ringing. I fucking hate that. Hmm. But like I was saying, I've been appreciating Boston a lot more, you know. I've been venturing out there. You know, a good friend of mine been showing me a lot of places. Shout out to my boy Cody. He actually always put me on to new shit in the city. And a lot of other people always put me on to a lot of stuff out there. So shout out to anybody that's been putting me on, you know. But the one thing I wanted to talk about is that some people live just outside, you know, beautiful cities, great, giant, wonderful mega cities, and have yet to venture into them and learn things about them. Sometimes I'm telling people stuff about their own city that they don't even know, you know? So go out there and venture out, man. Check out your city, you know? Make friends with people on on Twitter and stuff that you see are out there, you know what I mean, that are in the streets and are enjoying everything in their city, you know? You, you, you follow somebody and you see them <clears throat> constantly posting things in your city that you've never heard about and you've never seen, Reach out to them. Tell them to show you some of these spots. Whether they just point you to the right direction or you actually go with them, you know? Some of my good friends, a lot of my good friends, I've actually met them through Twitter. And they've shown me wonderful things that I've, you know, I've, I've ventured out. I've gone to, I've traveled a lot more because of them. You know, I've experienced new things. And, uh, you know, become a little more refined. That's just, that's just what it's about. That's, that's what, you know, meeting people is about, is learning new things. It ain't just about, you know, selfishly getting what you want out of people, you know, meet people, let them show you things, make them experience things from you and about you and do the vice versa, you know, experience things from their point of view, let them take you to things they like, let them take you to restaurants they like, you know, take in their type of art, their type of music. It's great. I love it. That's all I want. I mean, my main, my main point here is to just suggest that people get out there 
and see more of what the of what the world has to offer of what their state has to offer you know i think that alone will motivate people to get out more you know out of their state and out of the country for that matter you know so go ahead and check out some things in your neighborhoods check out some things in your area man you'd be surprised one thing i noticed um i was riding around with a couple of my cousins and um you know some of my cousins are straight hood like one of my cousins who I was just with, he's still in the same hood he grew up in, you know. Granted, he's a bigger person now, you know, he's mature, you know, he's a family man. But he's still in the same hood, you know, it's just it's just part of him. And, you know, we were riding around and we were talking, we were talking about Netflix shows and things like that. And uh, everybody in the car spoke to me about how how much they can't fuck with anything that's fantasy or sci-fi and you know, to quote one of my cousins, he was like, I, he's like, I can't watch anything that's not real, that has doesn't have the ability to be real. And that's something I'm beginning to notice. And, I, you know, maybe some of you guys can agree with me here is that, you know, I've, I've met so many people from the hood and from certain urban urban neighborhoods, and they can't fuck with shit like The Matrix, Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, things of that nature, you know, they can only sometimes, they only want to gravitate towards the things that are more realistic, you know. And it doesn't necessarily have to be like urban movies. We're not just talking about movies like Menace Society and Boys in the Hood. But, you know, films like Casino, The Departed. You know, in their eyes, they can only gravitate or fuck with or enjoy the things that are non-fiction, completely non-fiction. And I don't know. I wonder what that stems from, man. I really don't, you know. Maybe it's just because of, you know, what we're access to in the hood growing up broke. I mean, I think it might be that. I think it might be that we didn't have access to things like comic books and, you know, fantasy books and certain types of novels like Tolkien books and, uh, you know, Game of Thrones and things of that nature. I think. And, and again, you know, we come from a generation where school curriculum makes everything really, really boring, you know. Some of us have had teachers and professors that have made, you know, reading certain novels really, really fun. And a lot of us have had teachers and professors that have made it seem like such a drag to read. And I've been, you know, fortunate and unfortunate to have both. You know, I've had some teachers that have made me love certain books, you know, gravitate towards reading and some that just make it seem like such a drag, you know. But uh, I mean, I I, I didn't have comic books growing up. I didn't have comic books until I went into school and, you know, I found out that I was into that type of stuff and kids were just openly willing to share their comic books, let me borrow them, let me take them home, let me catch up on stuff. And a big shout out to my homeboy, Mike, uh, my dear friend who I've known since I was about 10, 11 years old. And we're still good friends to this day. I was the best man at his wedding. Um, Mike, Mike was a little more fortunate in that, um, you know, in that he had, he was more blessed to have a lot of different reading materials, so many comic books. I'd go to Mike's house and we'd just tear comic books apart, man. We'd read them. He'd let me borrow them and we'd gush over the animation and the illustration. Just, you know, beautiful, beautifully illustrated uh, covers. Some of those really cool old school 90s holographic X-Men covers and things like that. So I, I kind of always sought out to have friends that weren't the friends from my neighborhood. You know what I mean? Even though Mike was from my neighborhood, he still wasn't from that my circle of friends that, you know, we most of us were Verdian, most of us were black, Puerto Rican, and, uh, you know, we grew up kind of underprivileged and just learning to have what we have, you know. I, I'm, I'm also fortunate to have two older brothers that put me on to a lot of things that, you know, let me go ahead and branch out. Like, 
my older brother put me on to guys like Outkast, and I'm talking about like Southern Playlistic Cadillac Music Outkast. I'm not talking about anything after that. I mean, my brother had this ear that even though his friends, even though his friends were listening to all the same things, he always was reaching out and just pulling out, pulling in different things, man. I mean, we grew up outside of Boston, and my brother was constantly putting me up onto guys like Spice One, MC8, um, Outkast. I'll never forget the day my brother bought home the the single for Notorious B.I.G.'s Juicy. Um, I, I, I we were just blown away. We played that that like like he says in the song. I let my tape rock till my tape popped. Like we played that single till that tape melted. You know that was the good old days when you can get a single for ninety nine cents. You know at your local record store and uh, you know and enjoy that. I mean my brother did crazy things. My brother was pulling car speakers into the house and just wiring them up and we had this loud rock and sound system in our bedroom that would shake the entire building you know so look for people that can make you branch out if you're curious about certain things if you find yourself interested in things that you might not have direct access to in your home or in your neighborhood or with your circle of friends don't be scared to branch out you know that 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 i kind of i really have to credit that to making me who i am today you know um my friends that took me to do different things, my boy Mike, uh, my homeboys that would take me doing things like fishing and stuff. It got me out of the hood. It got me out of the hood. Granted, I'm still a product of my environment. You know, um, a lot of you that know me knows that I've been through the legal system several times, and I, I unfortunately became a product product of my environment due to that. But I'll tell you, man, I, I I credit a lot of my friends that were just a little more eclectic and a little more different to making me who I am today, and I appreciate that. So get into some, get into some different things, man. Just because you might not like, just because you might have not gotten into Game of Thrones or Star Wars, for example, which is another big example that comes up when we talk about things that, uh, a lot of my urban friends just can't get into. Just try one, man. I mean, I know a lot of people got into Matrix because Matrix had a lot of guns and it just looked amazing. So Matrix is a great start. You know, I love the Matrix. You know, that's another thing my brother put me on to, man. My brother came home with that bootleg Matrix cassette with the black and white photocopied cover, and I, I can't, man, I, I must have watched that thing nine times, and then when it actually came out in, on DVD and cassette, and I saw how crisp and clear the movie actually was supposed to look, I, I just loved it all over again, so, uh, you know, reach out to some of your people that can make you, you know, branch out into some different things, you know, uh, let me switch gears, and we're going to talk about Ozark, if you haven't been put on with Ozark yet, uh, yes, you are severely sleeping, you might be comatose, so check out Ozark on Netflix. Uh, Ozark stars Jason Bateman. Everybody loves Jason Bateman, whether you know his name or not. Go ahead and Google it. Jason Bateman, B-A-T-E-M-A-N. And uh, we all love him. He directs the show. I think he does some writing on there, and he's the main star. Uh, Ozark, without giving away too much, which, which you know I don't like to do, um, I like to just kind of give you guys enough to entice you to watch the show or movie. Um, Ozark is basically Breaking Bad. But where Breaking Bad takes on the craft of being a drug dealer and a meth manufacturer, Ozark takes on the task of uh, him being a master money launderer. Uh, he's a money launderer. He knows every tax law inside and out off the back of his mind. Um, he's brilliant. And, uh, you know, he gets caught up into something where he's having to launder a lot more money than he's ever been used to. Uh, very suspenseful. Great, great score. Um, again, the music and sound do a great job of keeping you enthralled in the show and keeping you on the edge of your seat. Definitely, definitely see Ozarks. Uh, 
fantastic show. Uh, all star cast, all around. I think the kids in the show were great. I always keep my eye on ch- kids act, kid actors, and teenage actors because it's so much harder for them to, um, you know, to get us to gravitate to something. So shout out to the the kids and the teenage actors on that show. Definitely see Ozark. I, I binged on that show hard fucking core. I think it dropped, uh, I think two Fridays ago, and I was done with it by Sunday. Man, that show is amazing. Um, check out Ozark. I don't think anybody will ever be disappointed by that. And uh, let me know what you guys think of it too. Uh, so, so I saw Dunkirk. Me and my boy Cody saw Dunkirk. We saw it in IMAX, 35 millimeter. Uh, gave me a fucking headache. So if you do see it in IMAX, sit back. Uh, don't feel. I mean, feel free to get back as far back as you want. Cause uh, the show. I mean, the film does some amazing camera work which unfortunately got to me and gave me a headache. Uh, the sound was stupendous. I am telling you right now, it is August 1st, 2017. Christopher Nolan is going to win every single award for sound effects, everything. Everything for sound editing, sound effects, you name it, he's winning it. The sound in this, sh- in this movie was phenomenal. I don't know what it's like to be at war, but I will tell you that this film probably gives you the closest depiction of the sounds of war and the sounds of gunshots and shells firing and artillery being reloaded and stupendous fantastic uh tom hardy did a great great job um i can see mark rylance getting an oscar definitely for a supporting actor great great job by mark rylance tom hardy was just phenomenal in his role um i love the way that the how the movie was divided up I do love the, you know, compartmentalization of the characters and their roles. Really, really good. It, it was it was kind of a wonderful, wonderful salute to, to the UK and their part in the role. I mean, their role in the uh, in the World War Two. Um, so shout out to them. Shout out to all my UK people. Shout out to all my UK listeners, which is probably none of you. Um, they did a great job in the war and they did a great job for their own people. Uh, Dunkirk is really about um, people, more civilians, taking a stand in the war and helping out the soldiers. Um, definitely check it out. It's the it's the war movie of our time. It's what Saving Private Ryan was, you know, twenty years ago or so. So please see it. Outstanding film. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it in IMAX seventy millimeter, which is the biggest you can see it in. And uh, definitely looking forward to uh, special features. I, I can't wait to see how Nolan even attempted and executed the things that he did um really looking forward to it and again christopher nolan is a guy who rarely uses cgi he uses cgi when he absolutely positively ultimately has to so watching planes and and replicas of planes and ships being destroyed in this movie was just um it was awesome really really awesome see dunkirk I did also see Baby Driver. I finally got to see that. You guys have heard me talk about that for a while. So I finally got to squeeze Baby Driver in there. Uh, Baby Driver was really good. Fun movie. I honestly can't wait to dissect it and watch it again. Uh, really fast paced, which I liked about it. Music takes over. Uh, the music sets the tone and carries all the way through to the very end. They do awesome, cool things like make the during during shootouts. They make the gunfire go to the beat of the song that's playing. Really, really cool things like that. Like, just several things just playing along to the music in the background. Uh, they'll have graffiti matching the lyrics as the characters walk across and the camera pans. Awesome movie. So fun. Uh, I do feel that the end was definitely rushed. 
so many things like made the film go from ah, okay i believe that to going you know oh come on now so baby driver was good I, I definitely recommend seeing that before it's out of theaters uh i think that's one what was one of the first summer blockbusters that hit the big screen so please see it before it leaves your theater and again two things that both those movies did uh dunkirk and baby driver was their utilization of sound um, people undermine how important that is in film. Um, when you watch a movie and you notice yourself getting sad or feeling for the character or you find yourself getting nervous or you find yourself getting angsty or, you know, a little frustrated, pay attention to the sound. You know, not everybody goes and gravitates towards listening to that, but pay attention to the sound, pay attention to the music. It, you know, that plays a huge, huge role, probably bigger than the visuals on the screen, onto your emotional, you know, your emotional hangups with the cast and with the movie. It's definitely sound. Definitely in this age where things are so CGI and focused eccentrically on color and just popping off the screen, pay attention to sound. That's something that Christopher Nolan has always been at the forefront of. It's always been important to him. Every one of his movies has changed the game with sound. From the score in all of the Batman movies in his Dark Knight trilogy just basically paved the way for how every superhero movie score should sound right now to the deep trump trombones in Inception just being ripped off in every single movie now to the wonderful, wonderful special sound effects in Dunkirk. Just check it out and just notice what, and, and just pay attention to sound, pay attention to Christopher Nolan's sound, pay attention to how his sound is just constantly, constantly ripped off, you know. Um, it is very, very important in film, it's very, very important in TV, so music definitely does play a huge, huge role in the outcome, your perception, and the overall, you know, effect of a movie or a TV show. And a lot of us saw Game of Thrones, yes, Game of Thrones is fucking back, with three episodes in right now, um, I just want to talk about the things that I predicted right, because, you know, I, I like being right, so much goodness comes from being right, you know, so much self-satisfaction comes from being right, you know, um, let's talk about Arya, Arya ran into hot pie, which was just a dream of mine, Shout out to Hot Pie, you know, he's still alive. Seemed like that's always been lingering to him, is that he's always wanted to just stay alive. He's been happy just, just to stay alive. It's like he's come, he came, Hot Pie came out of that realization really, really young. Is that in the life, the world that they live in, you just want to stay alive. So Arya ran into Hot Pie, it was a good reunion. And Hot Pie ended up being the reason why Arya now is changing course. Um, she was hand, he heading to King's Landing. She was heading straight for Cersei. But now that she's heard about what's transpired at Winterfell, she's definitely heading there now. Now, let me tell you something I noticed after watching episode three that made me really, really nervous. In Winterfell, they pointed out to, San to Sansa that someone was at the gate. Now, the first reaction for everybody was, oh, it's Arya. Arya's here. But Arya didn't make it. That wasn't Arya. It ended up being Bran. Bran is one of my favorite characters as well. Um, that made me nervous. The fact that they built it up to, you know, add so much curiosity to who was at the gate and then for it to be Bran and not be Arya 
that tells me that Arya is going to die. You know, that that tells me that Arya will be the next Stark to die. That that's I mean, I don't want it to happen, but I'm just telling you what the rock is cooking. This is just what I smell right now. I smell death in the air. So prayers up for Arya cuz she's a fantastic character. She's come a long, long way from who she was in the beginning. She always had that tomboy mentality. Now she's, you know, fully developed into this warrior. So I'd love to see where that goes. I think it'd be cool to see Arya be one of the, you know, the pilots for one of the dragons. I think that would be cool. Hmm. That's a new idea for me. Well, that's episode six. I hope everybody enjoyed. I hope everybody got something from this one. And uh, feel free to send me feedback. I always appreciate it. Whether you email, whether you DM, whether you just tweet, whether you just post on Facebook, whether you just comment on instagram or whether you text don't matter uh give me some feedback again my next episode i should have a special guest and uh i hope you guys uh tune in for that as much as you always do and i always appreciate the support and love guys thanks again Find the words, I fucked around and hit the final nerve. I heard you don't provoke my primal urge. I'm on the verge, I'm on the purge. Fuck the world would be my dying words. Then I emerge from the ashes like the fire bird. Talking birds, boy, I had them by the dinner plate. Got them out of state, used to put them on the interstate. Born to lose, made the win, even angels sin. And when it come to money, loyalty is paper thin. You talk to police, and plus you cuff hoes. You might just catch a booger from the snub nose I'm down in Florida, about to fill up the order yeah. Fill up the fuel and send the mule to the border And farmer, watch out for the infarmer Infarmer, watch out for the infarmer